Okay, I'm here with Tom. We are going to do a transfer market recap. We're talking at what? 5.36 in the evening on Friday night. Tom, neither of us have got a life, apparently. <laughs> no, the German win- uh, transfer window is just, just literally closed. Has it? Oh, very efficient. I feel like I'm on Sky Sports News night right now. And I I am, for the people not watching, wearing a yellow tie, um, getting in the mood. Yeah, nice. Because the, the German transfer window is just closing. Paulinia deals, the, the Paulinia deals just uh, collapse, which is pretty oh, wow. funny. Exciting. I, I do find a transfer market deadline day transfer collapse quite amusing. Do you remember when Saido <laughs> Berahino was like stood in the car park at QPR? Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> All we need to make this authentic, Tom, is for someone to come up behind you with a big purple dildo. <laughs> yeah. Well, his career collapsed after that, didn't it? Never never recovered the poor lad. Well, yeah. Know where was, he is now. I don't know. Last I remember, he was at Stoke being dropped by some manager for not training properly or something. Yeah. He I literally really scored remember. two goals against he scored two goals against United and then That's like, it. went for a ridiculous fee and then yeah, not found a club in Saudi or Turkey. He's That's a, where the action's he's a, at. He's at AL Limassol in Cyprus. Cyprus now, at the age of thirty. Wow, nice. That's a player who didn't fulfil his his potential. I'd say. Yeah, a bit like a uh, Reguilon. Oh my God! Yeah, he was he was great as a twenty year old at Sevilla. Sevilla mm-hmm. or Valencia? I can't remember now which one. One of them. I think Valencia, may actually. But, Maybe it was um, Valencia, yeah. 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 Look yeah, good. So. Didn't, didn't quite make it. Which is why it's perfect for United. <laughs> we didn't have to ruin him. He's ruined already. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, I, I think that one in particular is is strange. I mean, I, I don't really... I, if it was me managing, I wouldn't be that bothered about getting a left back. I would really just throw Alvaro in there. And I think managers of, of United past would have definitely done it. Obviously, Fergie would have done that. But That's why you have a squad but he's someone like Van, players, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And someone like Van Hall, he, I know he maybe loved the young, youngsters a bit too much, but he would have, yeah, he would have played him at the drop of a hat. And it would have, like he did good at Preston. He was like a, a good player. I don't think he was unbelievable. I don't think you, anyone watching would say, oh yeah, he's, He's had a, a season where he will definitely succeed at United next year, but like throw him in. Like, what's what what have we got to lose? I mean, right. the form that Reguilon's been in, in for the past at least one year, compared to potentially like getting some really good progress from a from a young lad in in terms of Alvaro, and also if he plays well, and I don't know, Shaw comes back and Malassia come back and take his place, that's fine. Then you can loan him out next year. You can even maybe sell him next year. Like one, the one of the problems that United have is no one wants our players. Yeah, and like we don't we don't do enough with our loan system. We don't do enough with like playing players. I guess to to highlight to everyone that yeah, these guys are worth 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 purchasing Money, in terms yeah, of like yeah. and like like you look at Chelsea. What well, they've kind of done this. This transfer window for all their faults, they've sold. They've sold really well, and we, yeah, well, for so many reasons, we don't do that at all. And yeah. it's been a nightmare trying to get people out the out the club this this year. 
Yeah, there's a kind of, it's like someone's farted in a lift and no one wants to go anywhere near United and our, our younger players. And we've sold, so Cole Palmer, who's a decent player when I've seen him, but he's hardly played at all, has just gone for 35 yeah. million plus, plus add-ons to Chelsea. They sold James Trafford to Burnley, who had had precisely zero minutes for 15 plus five. And they sold who to Southampton for... A similar amount. I forget now. I mean, that's the thing. Can't even remember the name. Yeah. He played so little. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's just a, the halo effect of, of being in the Manchester City Academy. And the same with the Chelsea Academy, because they've been so successful at academy level that, that clubs will take a punt on a player who's never really played, even at championship level, with James Trafford. Mm-hmm. Where was he? He was... Bolton. League Bolton one. for a bit, yeah. And with United, we just can't get them out. What do we get? 15 million for Elanga which is feels on the low side in the market. I mean, for someone who's played quite a bit at Premier League level. I mean, I know there can be a kind of counter effect, but they've actually seen what his ceiling looks like. So that may actually depress it. But still, 15 million full international feels low. And then yeah. Dean Henderson, 15 plus five, full England international. Full England yeah. international. He, he would have gone to the Euros, was... was it not for injury? So... He was really good at Forest last season and a fan favourite right. before, obviously, he got injured. Yeah, yeah. I, and you can't say, I mean, he had a thigh injury. Muscle, it wasn't like an ACL tear or something like that. And it, obviously, it was a long injury, but he's now fit again. And I feel like United didn't get enough there. Just It just doesn't feel like a market rate for a full England international. And he may not be quite as good as we he thought he was. Or thinks he is, because he obviously thinks he's the greatest ever. The heir to Gordon yeah. Banks, Peter Shilton, Dave Seaman. <laughs> but but he's a, definitely a Premier League keeper, and he's proven to be. 15 million. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... like... Oh, yeah, Fred. You put someone like... Yeah, Fred, Kovar, I guess, as well. Like, I think Nine Kovar's million got... for Kovar, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's pretty... Well, it's, I think it's, like, pretty much the same as what we've paid for this... Uh, this Turkish lad, whose name escapes me right now. Well, like, the thing with Kofar is he was in a championship, albeit the Czech Premier League. It's the Premier League. Yeah, I forget the, the proper name for the Czech league now. But they won the title. Yeah, He's proven quality and good enough to go to the Bundesliga. Less than 10 yeah. million. And, and yeah, we are crap at selling. This is a proper stink about the place. People are like, no, we're not taking it. And it's it's really bad because it's proven at City and Chelsea to be a fourth income stream alongside broadcast match day and commercial. Uh, mm-hmm. And United have to be better about it. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's my moan. I'm going to get a few moans out of the way today, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we sold Fred as well. I mean, he had only had a year left on his contract, but again, under 10 million for him. Sorry, I'm looking this way for everyone on the video because uh, I'm trying to remember who we sold. Under 10 million for a Brazil international. I mean, he started <laughs> games at the World Cup for Brazil. Yeah, and and like more than good enough to be a Premier League footballer. Like more than he might good not enough. have been good, not not have been good enough to start for United, but that's not exactly it doesn't exactly mean you're I, a bad I, footballer. And, I miss him already. Turkey, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. And, and and Turkey, you've got money, and what what are we doing? Like, yeah, unable to to shift him for for anything more than ten million. It's 
Yeah. We, di- we didn't even manage to get money out of Saudi because we, the gravy train there only got us four million for for Alex Tellez. Uh, Ten million loss. I mean, on the books, obviously, it's not a loss. That deal nearly collapsed because he's on two bigger wages and Al Nasser realized that everyone else had offered zero because his wages were too big. And they nearly pulled out of it in the end. And then we sold Iqbal for a million to Utrecht. There's a sell-on clause there. Still, he's, I mean, I, I'm definitely not one of the people who thought he was ready for the Premier League, like the many, many hype accounts on Twitter, of which there are many, <laughs> all, all yeah. going bonkers over Amrabat this morning, which is, we'll talk about him. But I, yeah. a million a million is low. I mean, if he gets a good, and the thing is, mid, mid-market mid Dutch sides aren't going to sell for a big amount of money. So we might get another million one day, but it won't be much more than that. Ted Mengi's gone to Luton player who's super super talented at 18 had injuries really held him back yeah yeah that's just that's a rip yeah and i guess there's a few that have obviously gone out on on freeze like de gea phil jones times <laughs> a bit none of um, them have found a club yet brandon williams got no. the switch yeah i think that's just alone isn't it yeah hopefully kieran mckenna can sort him out because he's, he's better than a, he can play at premier league level for sure brandon williams he's another one when like I, I don't know is he worse than reggae on I, I think reg, to, to be fair like if I was to be really objective and try and leave the snark aside for a second I think reggae on could be a very good footballer I think he could be a very good footballer like he's technically really really decent and like you say when he was younger he was a good player but he just he looks mentally broken and coming to a team like United. Where like, the pressure is really yeah. going to be on. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we save mentally broken players. We just make mentally broken players even more broken usually. Or we, uh, we hire mentally strong people and then break them. Like we, this isn't, yeah, this isn't a rehabilitation center. And, and um, the, the thing about Reguillon that's the, I mean, I, I, I do, I think we've gone through all the, the outgoings. So, yeah, we can go into some of the ingoings. Incomings. Ingoings? Talking's hard, <laughs> folks. You'd imagine after like a thousand of these podcasts that I'd be able to talk, but it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, escaping me. Reguillon, the worst part of his game is his defending, which is not good yeah. for a defender. And can you imagine throwing him into the game against Arsenal on Sunday with Bukayo Saka in the form he's in over the last two years and the the amount, the levels his game has gone up? He'll get a ripped a new one. Just mm-hmm. it, 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 will be mentally destroyed after the first game. He'll never recover from it. <laughs> There's my prediction. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've seen that before. Yeah, I. I, I mean, I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I I see a lot of people on Twitter go, well, it's kind of sensible loan, emergency. Why are you kind of lumping it in with the rest? But there's a pattern here. That's the third emergency loan that we've done in the last six months or mm-hmm. eight months or whatever. And, there's and a Amrabat that. looks like it's going to be a loan as well. Amrabat is a loan with an option, yeah, based on yeah. certain certain triggers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's because we're broke because we are crap at buying and selling. Still, even with a director of football, we spent years going, the holy grail is to professionalise and get a director of football, but we're still not doing it well. It all comes from a mix of incompetence and I guess desperation as well. Because we 
are a, a basket case of a football club with with facilities and an ownership model and a footballing model which is so second rate in 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 so many factors and the fact that we have we aren't successful anymore we have to overpay footballers to come to our club and that includes i guess academy players as well like if you're going to if you're a kid and and or, and your parents are trying to choose a club for you why are you going to choose man united because of the history yeah or because they could maybe offer us a sweet sweet little some, some sweet little money and it's the same with like any other player as well like why are you going to join man united yeah the history old trafford great but you look at every other player who plays for united and pretty much 80% of them fail the only other reason i'm going to join the football club is for money we end up paying loads of money to like people who don't end up being successes and then we try to flog them and we can't because like no one else is going to like pay i don't know whatever yeah. it is 120 grand for alex tellis like it all comes from well the top the glazers like running the football club incredibly incompetently and this is what this is just one of the symptoms of the many problems that that we have at, at the club and yeah yeah and and then we end up yeah trying to to flog these players and we can't turn over yeah we can't turn them over and then in an ffp age that is it's really damaging to a really to a damaging and the wages are really damaging because it's squad cost that matters mm-hmm. and and on a rolling three-year period and it, this stuff really matters i mean it's a it's a shame that like we have to become an accountant and a geopolitical <laughs> expert in the modern football world, but you yeah. do, and uh, you, United just have to be better at this. And hey, hey, look, shirt says Glazers out. I don't know whether you can see that, folks, but Glazers <laughs> out. And it's not just it's not just on transfer deadline day that we somehow want them to spend money. Of course, we want them to spend money. In, and actually, in theory, United could spend another hundred million if the Glazers put equity in. Because that's the difference between if if the owners put equity in in the FFP or don't, at least in the Premier League, they're slightly different in Europe, and they won't do that. But it's not it's not about that. It's about the bloody competence. I mean, there's the massive amount of debt and the decaying stadium and infrastructure and all of that, and they've just proven themselves to be like completely incompetent at running a football club. And United mm-hmm. are still somehow making money because we have this massive global appeal but but we've seen the shirt the front of shirt sponsorship fall each time mm. and the commercial has completely flatlined and there's no room for growth on on match day in fact that's the staining capacity has got smaller because rightfully united have had to increase the capacity for for disabled supporters and they're not investing in increasing the stadium so like and broadcast is flat so like where where are United going to grow from <laughs> it's just yeah. like if, if you're going to be incompetent in the transfer market as well which the club still is I'd argue then then we've got a real problem anyway also yeah. Reguilón shit <laughs> <laughs> let's hope he big... finds the form he once had six years ago <laughs> <laughs> You know, we only need it for like two or three months, really, as well. Like that's what I, that's what I don't really quite understand about the desperation. Like, and that's what I, I think Dallow's serviceable at left back. Like he's not bad there. 
I, I, I mean, he's not played that there that often. He played against Forest away um, last yeah. season, and he was picking up those spaces in in midfield, like as an inverted uh, left back. And I thought he did fine at the weekend playing there. And yeah, yeah give give Alvaro a chance. Like, I, it's it's always lovely to see like youngsters get a chance and. Yeah, the fans will certainly get behind him, yeah. yeah. Where's he gone? Mm. He's gone to Granada, is it? It's, or get, I can't remember now. Hetafe or Granada? One of them. I think, yeah, one of the Gs. Yeah. I think it's Granada. I think it's Granada. Beautiful city, by the way, Granada. Have you ever been? I have not, no. It's in Back Catalonia? Been. No, no, it's in right? the south. No. It's in the south. Oh, right. Wow. It's good for me. It's got this amazing, I think it's called, it's called the Alhambra. It's like an incredible mosque on this hill. Oh wow! It's near. It's in the. It's in the Andalusia. So oh, it's okay. near Cordoba and uh, Granada, kind of next door, yeah, and not not that far from Sevilla. So oh, nice. Might get my geography right there. I think it's right. Anyway, beautiful city. He'll enjoy himself. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's not bad. It's not bad. Like if he's going to go out and loan La Liga, good standard. Obviously, it's it's good for him. Good test. So. Yeah, and, and technically he is very good, so I think it would fit and quick, nicely. And, and uh, yeah. likes going forward, and yeah. You'd think he's prototype Ten Hag fullback, to be honest, but yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if about his, like, I think like Preston fans, like last season, were kind of a bit concerned of his defensive ability, but as a youngster, that that is something, I guess, that's going to be a struggle, like positioning and... And that type of thing when you kind of getting used to senior football. But I thought it was a pretty impressive first year, and it just seems like the perfect time to play him, really. But yeah, okay. Let's let's look back on some of the other transfers this window. So we have brought in Andre Anana as a goalkeeper, and I think we've already seen in the short amount of time that both the, both the pros and maybe some cons of Andre Anana's particular style. He, I mean, he's, he's like, he's, he couldn't be more different than Dave in every single <laughs> way. Yeah. Like, I imagine his musical taste is like classical music or something like that. It just gets everything <laughs> about him. is like the opposite of Dave. I mean, he's great with his feet. He's maybe not as dynamic with his hands. Just, no. You know, I don't know. He, he went down in stages getting down to the goal at the weekend where a one knee like ran through the entire United team. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a little bit embarrassing. And then, uh, yeah, it was really odd. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's not really a mistake. But then you look at it back again. He's a long, long way out and goes backwards and backwards and backwards and never engages. Yeah. Until he's basically on his line and the one he passes it in and then he sort of flops over it. So it wasn't great, was it? No. And, and Dave was great at that. Like, it, he will. He wasn't great in like the way that Schmeichel was great, where he kind of made himself massive. It's just yeah. Dave's positioning on one-on-ones was just exceptional. And yeah, I, I don't know. It was. It was really. It was really just like timid and almost like nervy, like what a kind of schoolboy keeper would do, like just almost like run away rather than just like stand and be confident and engage. I mean, yeah. It's, it's one one little mistake, and I think yeah. as a sign in, I think I think it's about as good as we could have had. Like we could have signed him last year and got him for free, and that would have been amazing. But I think in terms of like 
goalkeeper profile, I think it is, I don't think there's a better keeper who was available out there that we could have signed. Yeah. Like, just as a Diego footballing Costa keeper, so the other one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Diego Costa is another footballing keeper and and maybe better with his hands, but yeah. maybe prone to more mistakes. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess Ten Hag, what we've seen with Ten Hag's time is that he is driving this very much. Yeah. I mean, almost to the point, you know, like, you, he doesn't trust what the scouting department, Murta, it's kind of fair enough. O'Brien are bringing him. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, it's very much his team now, isn't it? All the signings feel like his. And and a lot of them obviously have Dutch connection. Anana obviously at Ajax. I mean, this, again, we appointed Ten Hag in April, obviously talking to him beforehand. If he didn't believe Dave was good enough, could we have done the deal then? Did he have to yeah. wait a year to work out that Dave couldn't play with his feet? Because honestly, you could have worked that out for the last fifteen years of his career. Yeah. So a bit like that would have Pep saved United with... fifty million. Yeah, a bit like Pep did with Joe Hart after what was it like two training sessions or something? <laughs> it was like, yeah, you're out. Bye. I mean, he, he bought some. What's the Chilean guy? I've forgotten his name now. Bravo, wasn't bought... it? Yeah. Bravo. Yeah, just a just a fuck with Joe Hart, which honestly I'm all in favour of. So. <laughs> yeah, Lan literally couldn't save a shot. It was like playing a centre midfielder in goal. Yeah, and the other one, the other keeper we bought is Alte Bayendia. I've never heard of him. I think it's probably okay to have never heard of a keeper in the Super League. Sorry, I tried to be cosmopolitan about my footballing viewing, but I don't watch a lot of Turkish football, so never heard this lad. No idea if he's any good. He's obviously there just for the training. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine he's good with his feet. You would, <laughs> you would hope so at least. But yeah, it's that's obviously just a, a stop. Well, just a, a second choice. But I, I would have liked to have seen Kovar be that second choice, really, because I thought like he's really good with his feet. He's younger. Like, I guess I feel like. Well, I can't say too much about this kid because I've not really seen him play. He was like captain for a lot of Fenerbahce's games last season. So that's, I guess, right. impressive in itself. But yeah, I, I mean, I would have liked to have just seen Kovar get a bit more of a chance. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think with the point you make about Ten Hag and, and this being very much his team, this is, I guess, it's, it's, it's good to see that in some respects, but it's also like not really how a football club should really work. Like you look at like, like football clubs of a bygone era, Man United, when we were kind of just ran by Fergie. And I guess City maybe are a little bit like that these days, but that that's because they're all created around around Pep and, and created for Pep. But the best football teams in the world don't just rely on their manager to, to do all the scouting. No, it's an infrastructure about, around it. Yeah, yeah. The thing is with City is there. Yes, they're buying players that need to be fit into Pep's system and training, and and but they have the infrastructure around it. If Pep dropped dead tomorrow, this is not wish wishful thinking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, it's really not. I don't want him to drop dead. I just want him to retire. They would just bring in Roberto De Zerbi, and absolutely nothing would change, and they would carry yeah. on winning. Right, yeah. so. 
Yeah, they, right, the right. infrastructure. I hate to see it and say it, but they they are, and they've cheated 115 times to get there. But the infrastructure and the, the football side of things is as good as it gets, and everyone yeah. should copy them from all the academy teams all the way up. And that's what United don't have, and it shows over and over again. Yeah. So whereas if Ten Hag dropped dead yesterday, tomorrow, like we would be in absolute chaos because we've got a team that literally and, and players that have signed just to play his system and it's also it's not even just if he drops dead tomorrow it's if he doesn't succeed then we're, we're in an absolute nightmare scenario or he leaves because he he grows tired with the incompetency of the, uh, the football club right. you need to have right. continuity whereas like if Ten Hag leaves then the next person that comes. It also, again, all points to the incompetency of the football club. And it is, in some respects, actually really good that we have a manager who is very all-encompassing because while the club is so incompetent at the moment, he can be the, the leader in so many different respects to, to try and pull this football club up from the boots, with its boots, from its bootstraps. But it's still, it's concerning, especially when United aren't playing well as well. And it's like, Shit, we've this, everything is invested from this guy, and if we don't see performances improve and we don't see success, like it's going to be against get a new manager start again. Well, yeah, Not to be so doom and gloom about it three games into the season. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, look, I, I think we felt kind of positive at the end of last season, didn't we? Because we felt there was growth, mm. but this we just reset now and this different level of expectation. So Third last season, anything worse than that is going to feel like a real disappointment. Third and a cup final and a cup win. Yeah. So less than that is going to feel a disappointment. But it's actually more difficult because it's more competitive. Liverpool are back. Chelsea are trying to grow. Tottenham with Poch, po- not Poch, not Poch, will have a very defined system and he's a good coach and he's going to get a positive vibe around the place. So you never know with them. Obviously, Newcastle are sadly going to be competitive too. So it's just ultra competitive this year. So we have to be better than last year in order to stay still. And if we want to move forward, we have to be much better. Yeah. And and my concern about the transfer market is not like some childish thing about we're not spending enough money. I'm not sure we spent the right money. No. And I don't know if it's they're necessarily the right players to really move the club forward enough, given that it's going to be more intense. We won't be able to rest players in the Champions yeah. League because... That group, there's no guarantee you might get out of that. No, the away games are going to be really tough in that. And it also, like it, it, like you say, the, the, the players that we've signed, it's not just it's not just the money at all. It's it, it, and that's what this is what makes me like quite concerned and a little bit depressed about this this transfer window. Is that I look at someone like Liverpool who've signed like McAllister, Soboslai, and Gravenbach, who's, who's gone through today. Three great signings for the centre midfield. We signed Anar, uh, we signed Anano, who I think is a really good signing, and then we signed Mount, who I guess we're going to come to, come on to now. Who, are, in in my opinion, just he's a good player if you play him in his right position. But if you're trying to play him as uh, as someone who's going to sit alongside Casemiro, uh, that's just not for me. That really isn't for me. And I think with in the first game was kind of an encapsulation of that. He. he he can progress the ball from deep, but like he, his best position is he's a space invader. He, he finds space really, really well. And 
to to think that he's going to be an Ericsson and dictate. I don't know if he has the the quality or the intelligence to do that. And he's a massive, yeah, a massive sign in, and it's a massive one on Ten Hag, who clearly thinks that that is possible. And Ten Hag obviously knows way more, more about football than me, so it's like uh, I'm inclined to to trust him. But to me, it, it kind of just seems like wow, that's. That's a risky it, one. It feels like at, a huge gamble. Yeah, it does. And I look at Soboslai, who signed for the same price for Liverpool. And I don't want to keep going on about him, but I do kind of. Well, I, I love him less than I used to. But I have watched him play since he was like fifteen. And I think, oh my god, we could have. He would have been so much better. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, Mount is a, a strange one, and I really, really hope he comes good. Obviously, he seems like a nice lad. I don't. Mm. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to get on his back already. It just. It feels an awkward fit, and him as a player has always felt like an awkward fit because he's a number ten that doesn't really create much, and that that is that's a bit awkward, isn't it? And he yeah. found that throughout his career that like where is it he where is he going to play to get the best out of him? Gareth Southgate ended up playing him sort of on the right side of a front three because he is good. He's a good trigger for the press. He's intelligent, but he just doesn't create very much. And he's had in his career one really successful season in terms of numbers. And that was the season before last. And and really, if you're honest, probably his one standout season in his career, not just in terms of numbers, but just actually really in terms of performances. And a lot of it feels like coaches love him because he's coachable and does the things they want. But actually, is the output enough for a player of his kind? And and that first game, he was invading Bruno's space all the time, getting in his zone. Yeah, and that's not great because he needed to be someone who progresses as an eight. And we've never seen him play there in his career. That's why right. it's such a gamble that he has to. And this is the the insane thing about United. They pay the, and he's on. I mean, it's a big fee for a player. In the last year of his contract, I suppose you could argue England international premier England players because of the homegrown rule and all of that. But last year of his contract, 55 plus 5, it's a big fee for someone you're like gambling on being able to turn into a different player. And that's exactly uh, and that's does what... it. And we, we sound like idiots in a year's time, but it's a big gamble. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But it's something that like... I don't know. It's something that like United don't do that successfully. We don't buy players and mold them. I, we don't like most of our young players that we do sign and try and progress into the first team. Don't we don't work don't out? Like, it. I mean, to be honest, I was about. I was going to say we well. Uh, <laughs> we don't really sign that many good players anyway, to be honest. So it's not like we don't mould, don't sign players and mould them well. Like we don't, our transfer policy in general isn't very good, is obviously, is it? So, um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't buy someone for similar price or less who can definitely play that position and definitely give you what you want. Because there, there are yeah. obviously players out there. I mean, like, Alexis McAllister, for example, would have been a better signing. And what was he? Thirty million. Like, I, I, like I know yeah, Liverpool. Moved. I mean, he had a yeah, he had a a clause, didn't he? So that's why mm-hmm. they're going for such a good fee. Yeah. And I know Liverpool move really fast with that, but I think if 
McAllister would play in a similar type of position to to what Malm is. And that's what he's gonna do, yeah. And he gives you more in so many different regards. And it's like what, almost half the price. It's crazy. It's the thing it's really hard to get your head around with United. They will pay huge fees and huge wages. I mean, Anthony still is the one that sticks out, of course, in the Ten Hag era. And, and United paid probably, I mean, at least double, but maybe three times as much as his real true market worth. I mean, 100 million euros. And they paid that much because it was right at the end of the window and they'd been dicking around for all of that time. And Ajax couldn't sign a replacement and they paid their premium for for being completely incompetent. Basically, if they'd signed him in June, they'd have paid 40 or 50 million euros for him. Yeah. Another 100 last summer. And these things, that, like we, I feel like we're making the same point over and over again, but they do tie together, you know. Yeah. And that's why this, this weird dichotomy happens where we pay these massive fees or massive wages or both. And then we're kind of, scratching around in the loan market begging for a player <laughs> because we then run out of money yeah and and i mean yeah we didn't on the sales section we didn't even mention harry Maguire. they'd agreed a, a 30 million transfer to west ham which is about fair market value really england international 30 years old all of that kind of stuff obviously what would have been the book value and but he didn't go because he's on this huge contract and so we're 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 paying a penalty three times. We overpaid for him because he was an eighty million pound fee. We also paid him eighty million pound level wages, and then we can't get him off the books when we want to get rid of him because he's on this massive he's on this massive contract. So, yeah, just dumb, so dumb all the time. Anyway, I I really didn't want it to sound like we were moaning all the time, but we are. It, Who it, else it, did it, we bring in? It, it's hard not to moan after this transfer window. It feels like one of the most depressing. And, and I know it isn't because we signed Gabriel Abertan and Michael Owen to replace Ronaldo one summer, but like... <laughs> and oh, it, don't forget Valencia as well. Valencia uh, as well, yeah, fair enough. And what, we won the league that year? But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But So it's not the worst of all time, but you just look at our rivals and you look at where we were last year, like like you say, where it felt like, yeah, we're kind of three or four really good signings here away from potentially competing. Well, we could get Harry Kane in, we could get Hoyland as the number two to him. It would be the perfect. Uh, we, and then we could compete for the league, get a player to play beside Casemiro. And what have we done? We've signed Mount, who might be able to play beside Casemiro. We've signed Hoyland for an extraordinary fee for a lad who scored 10 goals in, in Serie A last season to be our number one striker. We've got no backup to him. We've still got Anthony Martial there. We've still got Harry Maguire here. We've still got Scott McTominay here. Like, it's no wonder we're a little bit, like, negative. It's 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 really, yeah. it's quite scary and depressing. And it, and it yeah, it's, it's, it's going to... And, and also after the first three games that we've had, where in the, be, the, the our best performance came in, in a... Uh, in a loss, uh, in the other two games we yeah, pro- we probably played worse in. It's yeah, not ideal. Well, if you, if, you, if you if you forget the first five minutes of the Forest game, it wasn't that bad actually. There was some spirit there, I guess. Although the the first five minutes and the last ten minutes were insane. The last ten minutes, watch them back again and watch how bad United managed that. Oh that my, last ten minutes, incredible. God, yeah. yeah, so against a team who can't <laughs> play away. 
Like their yeah. away record last season was by far the worst in the league. Yeah, F- followed closely by ours. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least against the the, the top clubs. Yeah. We the Hoyland transfer. I mean, so much rides on him being good, him settling and scoring goals. And if he's brilliant, and he didn't because all these goals came at the back end of last year. He scored goals for Denmark and he scored goals for Atlanta towards the back end. And he seemed to kind of kick on. And if he is everything we think he is, because he's, he's a big lad, if he suddenly discovers that he can also head the ball, that would be great for a big lad. Uh, he's quick, he's physical, works the channels, all the stuff we've we've talked about. But if that all comes together, then like all the moaning will be for nothing. If he scores 20 goals, United will really kick on. And, mm-hmm. and not to like, He's not going to be listening to this podcast, so there's no additional pressure. But there, there is, and, and hopefully he doesn't feel it, but there is pressure on him to succeed there and for it to really work for two reasons. One, scoring the goals was really our problem. We need someone who will do that. But we also clearly need Marcus in the role where he's going to cause the most damage, which is inside left. Not left winger, but inside left, where he can invade the space, cut inside, or go on the outside. And he's going to just be so, he's so much more dangerous there. All the numbers show it. Our our eyes show it. And so there's a lot of pressure on Hoyland for those two reasons. And you're, you're right. It's an incredible fee. 75 million euros. And it's and that's the base fee, right? So it's, what what is that? 60 something plus, plus the eight or something. Mm-hmm. And, and if he's great and scores 25 goals, we'll go, yeah, that's that's what you pay for a striker. So, if he doesn't, yeah, and 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 obviously we we want him to really succeed, but it's it feels almost just unfair on what we're providing him with here that he has to be the 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 guy who's going to play every single week. Like Veghorst was playing every single week because we didn't have a number nine. Like this guy is going to have to play every single week because there's no other option. And if he's and if, if he's going to find it difficult coming to the league, like strikers coming from Serie A don't often settle well in the Premier League because because Serie A is is so much worse than it used to be and so much worse compared to the Premier League. It's it's huge expectations on his shoulders. Whereas if we had a striker for him to come in underneath and and take that pressure off and and build himself. In England, build him, get himself used to the league. It would be ideal, but it's it's going to be really, really difficult for him to to hit the ground running. I think, and yeah, like I say, so much pressure. It is the other striker that didn't leave, of course, is Mason Greenwood. After all that drama and the ridiculousness of how United behaved, the callousness, the cynical nature of all of it. I guess we don't need to relitigate that, but. But maybe we do just in the environment now of the women's game having to voice its concern about about I'm trying to think at the end the misogyny in the sport. Mm-hmm. Like it is a moment to reflect back on how United behaved with Mason Greenwood. But they also, after all of that, haven't sold him and haven't loaned him out anywhere. No, and unless I've missed something in the last moments of the transfer window, but it doesn't look like it's happened. No, the only United news that's come in, the only United news that's come in since we've started recording this, Johnny Evans signed a short-term deal. 
Yes, yes, good, good stuff, lads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Johnny Evans, don't get me wrong. I'd be very surprised if he's starting United's Champions League final next, next May or June, whenever it is. No. Yes, need the numbers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, God knows what they... I mean, I, I guess the, the both Saudi Arabian window and the Turkish window are open for another three win, three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. So those look like the most appropriate destinations. I mean, the irony of of the Saudi Premier League letting it be known that it, this wasn't being, going to be very good for their reputation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in the same week that Human Rights Watch released a report saying that they are firing mortars at refugees trying to cross the border and mass murdering people. They're worried about Mason Greenwood coming to their sport because of the reputational damage. Fuck me. Honestly. Yeah. And God, it, it, who knows what, if they can't get rid of him, what are they going to do? All of their own making this is. Well, obviously, quite a lot of it is on Mason Greenwood, but yeah. A lot of the management of the situation is on United. It does make me think, like, if yeah, if if Saudis think that Mason Green was a step too far, like, what? Where do our the morals of the football uh, our football club lie? If they they don't mind in the in the gutter, obviously <laughs> they don't mind. Like, yeah, would they would they be killing refugees on the front line? Yeah, I mean, if it made a glazer some coin, they absolutely would. <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. These are the worst humans. Sorry. They just, they just, yeah, they, they, they're just, they're, they're horrible humans. They just happen to be in a country where, I mean, they do some awful things to refugees in the US. That's where mm-hmm. I live, right? And there are very many ills about this country. And, and if the Glazers thought they could make some money out of it, they absolutely would. <laughs> there are some checks and balances that yeah. stop them doing that. But yeah, anyway. It's it's a, yeah it's a huge mess for United. I don't know how they're going to deal with it. Maybe Turkey will offer the Maru out. Yeah, I even saw them saw them get linked to Red Star Belgrade today. But I mean, there's going to be loads of those really stupid rumours that are just flying about the place, aren't there? Until until he finally gets out of the club. But like you say, what happens if he doesn't? Like, is what is this going to sit and? Just sit at home for like six months. Just weird. Yeah, eh? I don't know. Yeah, it's, have we have we missed anyone? We've got everyone, right? Uh, and I <laughs> guess I guess Amrabat as well, which we Amrabat. Oh, about. Amrabat. They yeah. finally did that deal. Yeah, yeah. Looks like Seems a like weird, least. weird construction. Ten million euros loan fee plus twenty-five. Op, like optional based on. Trigger's been hit about appearances and then another five in some kind of bonus add-ons for later stuff if he joins. So could be up to 35 million euros. What's that? Just under 30 million pounds. I guess it's about the number everyone was quoting all along. I mean, probably a fair fee for a 27-year-old international at a sort of mid-ranked CRER side, I guess. Yeah. What do you think? uh, And I... I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to light us up, and I don't think he's a, a huge improvement on what we have. But I think, I think, I think we need him. I think he'll. I think he'll provide some a higher level of balance and discipline to to that midfield that 
someone like Mount can't provide. I think if he played next to Casemiro, we'd we'd have that. That's a nice balance on paper. I don't. I just don't think he. I don't think he's technically good enough. I don't think he's defensively good enough to be a Man United player. To to be a player that takes us to to another level, which is the reason why we should be buying players. Really, it feels like. It feels like a slight improvement on Fred to me, but without with, without quite the physical attributes. Like he's a strong lad, and he can put a tackle in, but his defensive metrics, as you've if you've highlighted, yeah. aren't aren't particularly great. And I don't think he just does enough as as a as a as you would want from a midfielder. Like he's not he's not going to dominate a midfield in the way that like. Casemiro can by intercepting everything, tackling all the time. He, he he doesn't provide enough in an offensive perspective either. He's a good uh, he's a good player to have, I think, in because I think he's like a six out of ten in a few different respects. But like, I mean, that that's me putting a really positive spin on that signing. I think, but like, yeah. we, we we can see like it, it, he might surprise us. But I I just think it's a weird one that he's like. No other clubs are really linked to him. No other big clubs have been linked to him. Fulham were, were slightly linked to him. Forest were slightly linked to him. I, if we shouldn't be competing alongside these types of clubs for for a signing. And he also has got the, out of bed. Yeah, yeah. He also has the same agent as Ten Hag. Yeah. So it's, oh it's, dear. It's, that like, I didn't realise. That yeah. That always ne- never a good luck. That is it. No. So I mean, Ten Hag obviously knows him from the time he was at Utrecht. They've worked together before. He was in the Dutch league for a number of years. I mean, he's Dutch-born, obviously Moroccan heritage. He's had what you would say, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, because obviously there's a there's like one percent of 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 wannabe footballers ever make it. But he's kind of had a bit of a middling career, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's one of those players I've seen more than I normally would have done for a mid-ranked Serie A club. I saw him quite a few times with Fiorentina. Europa Conference and the World Cup and obviously we have loads of access to data as well so you can marry the two to tell a story about him and I think it is this thing where he is a good passer of the ball but he's not like I was kind of thinking in my mind he's like he's more like Tony Cruz or Rodri in terms of stylistic mm-hmm. for a sort of deeper player that doesn't really do anything defensively Yeah, and maybe he stands in the way because I mean, you know that doesn't show up on the metrics. I like I'll have to. I, I never really thought of him as a player who really got involved a lot. And and then you look at the stats; he doesn't really doesn't really touch the ball that much. And this is in the Fiorentina side who does do dominate the ball. That's that is their style, right? And it's kind of where it's it's if you take married the two things to the way Morocco played very deep in transition, then he did look kind of good in that mm-hmm. because he is he does use re- recycle the ball really quickly. And Fiorentina, which is possession heavy, they averaged something like 60% possession last year. Then you kind of get a sense of what he is. He, he does use the ball well, both in transitional moments and, and when you're dominating the ball. For me, there's not enough around that to to say that he's going to succeed and that I'd expect him to succeed. I, actually, I'm not sure I do, really. And maybe a Forest or a Fulham would be a better fit. Yeah. I, I hope I'm totally wrong, of course. So I hope he somehow finds a level that he never has in his career and no one in the football else in the football world thinks he can reach because that's why there wasn't demand for him. So we'll see. I, I think that I think that's a 
great summation in in the fact that he uses the ball well. Like he uses it well. Like he like a seven out of ten. Like he doesn't use the ball exceptionally well. Like we sh- and that's the player we should be signing. Like you, you compared him to Cruz and Rodri there. Like they use the ball exceptionally well. Like when they make a pass, it's, it glides across the floor perfectly into the path that they want it to go to. I know this sounds really simplistically. It's really simplistic. But when you watch Amrabat pass the ball, he doesn't do that. Like he bobbles it in and, it, and he won't play the pass he means to consistently because he's not tidy enough. He's not, his technical qualities aren't that good. Like he uses the ball yeah, well. He's a level below, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he'll use the ball well in compared to, I guess, Scott McTominay. But like, that's not really the level. We we want to be signing players who can use the ball as well as Cruz and Rodri. But yeah, this isn't that. And and that's and I think he will be a good signing because of the the holes in our squad. But he's not. He's not. Yeah, he's not going to take us to a new level because he's not that good, in my opinion. Hopefully, I'll prove Rob completely yeah. wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the transfer window. So it's, I don't know. I, I, I feel slightly disappointed. So I feel slightly disappointed that it's not quite, it could have been better and it could have been better if United had sold some players that Ten Hag doesn't want. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a sense, I, I don't really want to lose Scott McTominay, but if he's not going to play, it's not worth him staying. And it looks like he's going to stay. Obviously, stuff could happen in the last two hours of the window that we haven't foreseen so maybe this will be out of date by the time you listen to it and and they should have found a way to let Harry Maguire go because he's just not going to play very often yeah even with Rafael Varane's injury unfortunate injury and that that is about compromising on the fee so that West Ham can could afford the wages somehow and that didn't happen and and with that, United could have, if you took the amount of money they spent on Mount and didn't get from McTominay and Maguire, that's a really top class midfielder, that is. Yeah, yeah. That's a hundred million plus midfielder. Yeah. And instead we kind of compromise and I always feel like we do that. Yeah. Every manager since I mean, I said the last 18 years on Twitter and someone pointed out that's not really fair because it was a brilliant side from 2008 to 2011. And that is very true. Somehow Fergie crafted it. Mm-hmm. Somehow. The fucking genius of the man. <laughs> Ten Hag is not that, I don't think. I think he's probably a very good manager and he's got a very clear idea of what he wants. But I don't think he's Fergie. No. So, so Yeah. I don't think you can paper over those cracks and we need the whole club as one and we're still not there. Yeah. And especially in such a competitive environment as well. Like the the the, the league is it's com- more competitive than it's ever been and, and clubs have more money than they've ever had. It's, it's really difficult. We've got Arsenal on Sunday. Mm. How are we feeling about that? Yeah, talking about really difficult. I, I they weren't great against Fulham, were they? And they've not no. looked the same Orpes. side. Yeah, they've not looked the same side this year. And I don't think they've maybe looked the same side since they took that lead in the when it looked like they were going to win the league last year. When 
I don't I think they've almost faltered and almost lost belief in themselves of, and what they're all about I think a little bit they're still good obviously but I mean I feel just the way we're playing I, I can't go into that feeling confident but we I thought against against Tottenham in the first half in particular we could have could have easily been one or two nil up at half time I thought that was our best performance the second half wasn't great uh, we didn't react. Yeah. We didn't react to the way that um, Ange changed. What the, the changes that Ange made, and I just kind of, I look at some of our players right now, and I mean, someone I know we missed Casemiro when he played against um, Arsenal last this time uh, in the away leg last year. Yeah, and that was a huge, huge miss at this time. Uh, at that time, but like you look at him now, and with not much beside him, you're thinking. Like, are you going to just completely get overrun in that midfield? Who are, who, are you, who are your little soldiers beside you who are going to help you out? We've got not, not got Fred. Obviously, Mount's injured. You're not going to bring Amrabat straight in, surely. Um, well, he, they didn't sign him in time to register him. Oh, yeah, him. there we go. This is the... Yeah, yeah, dicked around. So he couldn't have... Didn't sign him in time for the game that you might have actually wanted him for. So it'll yeah. have to be Scott McTominay. Unless they sell him. And then, God knows who he won't... There was a report this morning I just read, sorry, sorry for interrupting, but that apparently he really likes Hannibal. And Hannibal might actually get minutes. Wow. Although, it seems like, I mean, it'll be Amrabat, Mount and Ericsson ahead of him for that role. So I, I don't see how he does get minutes, but yeah. So... I- so I like Hannibal, and I've said that a few times on this show. That I really like what he's all about. I love his aggressiveness, but like, if he's not playing, I don't know if he's not playing Alvaro Fernandez when we haven't got any choice. Like, what what's to say that he's going to yeah. play Hannibal in a, in the most pivotal role on the pitch? I mean, he has legs, which is a upgrade on a, a lot of our midfielders right now. Like Ericsson, McTominay has not exactly got much legs about him. Casemiro, even Mount's not really that got. He's not quick across the ground, is he? He's not really dynamic. So, I mean, at least he has that. He might provide a little bit of energy in that midfield. But I think he may may well be on the bench for the Saturday, Sunday, and be. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of look to the midfield and see that that's kind of our biggest worry ahead of the weekend. And up front as well, like Hoyland, they said he's going to be involved. But yeah, how much? I don't know. And how well? I don't know. Well, can't be fully fit. He can't. I, I don't know when his last game was. I didn't actually look at At- Atalanta's preseason schedule and see whether he actually played in any of them because he came to the club with this this back problem. Yeah. So yeah, he he can't be fit. <laughs> so uh, off the bench seems most sensible, most likely. Yeah. Impact for the last twenty minutes or something. Hopefully, we're not three 0 down by then. So, but but you're right. Look, we shouldn't be that negative about it. Arsenal are not playing well. They haven't started the, the season brilliantly. Obviously, they're they're trying to adjust to their the new reality of how they're playing things. They I guess they thought that they would be playing Urian Timber right back this season. He got injured, so they're not. They've experimented with playing Thomas Party at right back as a sort of inverted fullback coming into midfield. Apparently. He's been absolutely terrible in that position, yeah. if if we believe Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> so m- maybe they go back to something more normal, like Ben White at right back. 
bring Gabriel back into the team who's had been shunted out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, weirdly. Not exactly there. Yeah. Jesus is apparently fit again. Don't know whether... I mean, obviously he didn't start the last game, did he? But maybe he'll do that. Or Enketier. Obviously they've sold Balogun. So, yeah. There are options there. It still doesn't feel like their strength. Like centre forward for Arsenal. You know. So maybe we're playing them at a better time than we were last season. But we've got to be better. I mean, we our record on the road under Ten Hag is abysmal. Mm. And against the top teams under Ten is absolutely abysmal. Yeah. It's just got to, it's got to be better. I, 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 I feel just keeping the ball is just going to be a, a, a crucial on Saturday because Arsenal have got the players that can just keep it all day. And, and what we've been so bad at is, is just turning the ball over, being impatient in, in, a, in our passing. Like, he said that, well, Ten Hag said earlier in the, in the season that he wants us to, to make us into the best transitioning football team in, in the world. We we look awful in transition. Like, the, the, the way that we played against like Tottenham in the second half in transition was, was just abysmal. And transition also means going backwards as well. And against against Wolves and, and, and against Tottenham in transition defensively, we were shocking. Like just turning the ball over in stupid positions and also having like no counter press, like positionally awful out of when when having the ball because players are just all over the place. Casemiro not holding this position, like going way too far forward when we have no one else beside him. Like so much has to be better, like disciplinary discipline wise and also technically keeping hold of the ball. Like it's been yeah, it's been a shocking start to the season, and I feel I've been way, way too negative on this spot today. But, but yeah, it's it, and and like like you say, like Arsenal haven't been that great, but they're they're still they're still a very good side, and they could really, really punish us if we don't play well, if we don't improve. And and I'm sure like Ten Hag is getting in that into like drilling that into them that. They have to show up on Sunday, or it could be embarrassing yeah. if we don't play properly. And we have had embarrassing results on the road under Ten Hag, so it's not out of the question. But yeah, yeah. yeah we we really really need to improve and see uh, and see that soon, or else things really could start to unravel if we don't start making improvements quickly. Well, yeah, it's Ten Hag's side now, and and he's had what I don't know what is that eight transfers in. I mean, it's fully his side. And so, and the expectations are higher, and so the 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 pressure is on. And those things that have really gone wrong, like catastrophic results and the record on the road, have to be improved. And I think it's fair for the pressure to be on as well. And we'll find out how good a coach Ten Hag is. And he's had actually with preseason, and although preseason was weird, and I think it may well have contributed to the amount of injuries we've got at the moment but with pre-season and this kind of light schedule at the start of the season where there's been no midweek games he's had more time with this group than at any other time during his 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 spell with United so like his ideas the analysis the coaching there's no excuse really like it's (laughs) Casemiro wandering should know better, yeah. <laughs> but like there were zero people in midfield for parts of these first three mm-hmm. games. So, 
Anyway, I, I'm not feeling super confident, but it just it makes it does make me feel better that Arsenal haven't started in like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. I just record on the road plus the balance of midfield plus can we score goals? Anyway, yeah. Five 0 United. It is. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, you haven't been too negative on this pod. It's it's kind of it's odd, isn't it? We get to the end of the the window. We just signed two players on deadline day, and we're like, oh, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as exciting as when we used to sign Berbatov on, on transfer deadline day, though. Oh. Do you remember that? When Fergie stole him in the airport? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> Dressed up like a taxi. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but. <laughs> Fun days. Come back. All's forgiven. <laughs> I, I do kind of enjoy what we're briefly talking about other transfers in Manchester City and Liverpool and whatever, like Saudi, like fucking with Liverpool on the final day, kind of. Yeah. yeah no. I mean, like, apparently it's up to 200 million. I would bite their hands off if I was Liverpool. I know, I know maybe the money will still be there in a year's time, but that massive contract they put him on and the fact that he will inevitably decline year on year. He's still a good player, very good player. Don't get me wrong. And maybe the money's there in a year's time and they can just take it then. Make a deal. Maybe they're also thinking that, like, they're going to come back in with a higher bid in a week's time or a few days' time. Like to to, to yeah, out right. to outright reject that is, it's is, well, like you say, it might, it might be there in a year's time. I guess it does upset the the equilibrium of of what they're trying to achieve this year. But they've got they've got some good players like who who can fill in without him. Like if Nunes comes on, which you look unfortunately quite decent in that game like it feels it feels mad to like turn down 150 million for a 31 year old but you know 200 million apparently is that now wow like yeah that's crazy lads harry Maguire. have you not heard of him guys (laughs) harry former captain clean cut just forget that thing in greece i reckon harry Maguire would would score would bag in that league, I reckon. Like you look at Vladimir's the standard is Yeah, Vladimir yeah. Stojkovic is, is one of the I think he's the captain for one of the teams over there. And he's like a forty year old keeper who was shocking at Forest a few years ago. Like the, the standard of that league is terrible. Just whack Harry Maguire up top, put some balls into the box. You'd be right as rain. Get into the mixer. Yeah. Yeah. Pump it up to the big man. All right. Well, we've talked for over an hour. I meant to get to some questions. I didn't get to any questions. <laughs> so we probably covered all the bases. So sorry about that. Thanks for listening to us babble on for over an hour about the transfer market. Let's hope it all works out. <laughs>